Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Wikipedia page for Betty Boop, part two of two. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. That's a great idea. Please subscribe to this podcast uh, because Betty Boop would want you to. She would want you to. She would go, woof, 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 subscribe. Portrayal. Sex symbol. Betty Boop is regarded as one of the first and best-known sex symbols on the animated screen. She is a symbol of the Depression era and a reminder of the more carefree days of Jazz Age flappers. Her popularity was drawn largely from adult audiences, and the cartoons, while seemingly surreal, contained many sexual and psychological elements, particularly in the 1932 talker tune Minnie the Moocher, 1932, featuring Cab Calloway and his orchestra. Minnie the Moocher defined Betty's character as a teenager of a modern era at odds with the old world ways of her parents. In the cartoon, after a disagreement with her strict parents, Betty runs away from home, accompanied by her boyfriend Bimbo, only to get lost in a haunted cave. A ghostly walrus, rotoscoped from live-action footage of Calloway, sings Calloway's song Minnie the Moocher, accompanied by several other ghosts and skeletons. This haunting performance sends the frightened Betty and Bimbo back to the safety of home. Minnie the Moocher served as a promotion for Calloway's subsequent stage appearances and also established Betty Boop as a cartoon star. The eight talker tunes that followed all starred Betty, leading her into her own series beginning in 1932. With the release of Stopping the Show, August 1932, 
the Talker tunes were replaced by the Betty Boop series, which continued for the next seven years. Betty Boop was unique among female cartoon characters because she represented a sexual woman. Other female cartoon characters of the same period, such as Minnie Mouse, displayed their underwear or bloomers regularly in the style of childish or comical characters, not a fully defined woman's form. Many other female cartoons were merely clones of their male co-stars with alterations in costume, the addition of eyelashes and a female voice. Betty Boop wore short dresses, high heels, a garter, and her breasts were highlighted with a low-contoured bodice that showed cleavage in her cartoons. Male characters frequently tried to sneak a peek at her while she is changing or simply going about her business. Scandalous. In, <laughs> in Betty Boop's Bamboo Isle, she does the hula wearing nothing but a lay strategically placed to cover her breast and a grass skirt. This was repeated in her first cameo appearance in Popeye the Sailor, 1933. A certain girlish quality was given to the character. She was drawn with a head more similar to a baby than an adult's in proportion to her body. This suggested the combination of girlishness and maturity that many people saw in the flapper type, which Betty represented. While the character was kept pure and girl-like on screen, compromises to her virtue were a challenge. The studio's 1931 Christmas card featured Betty in bed with Santa Claus, winking at the viewer. The talker tunes The Bum Bandit and Dizzy Red Riding Hood, both 1931, were given distinctly impure endings. Officially, Betty was only 16 years old, according to a 1932 interview with Fleischer, although... In The Bum Bandit, she is portrayed as a married woman with many children and with an adult woman's voice, rather than the standard boop-boop-a-doop voice. Interesting. That is a crazy paragraph. Attempts to compromise her virginity were reflected in Chestnuts, 1932, and most importantly in Boop-oop-a-doop, 1932. In Chestnuts... The Black King goes into the house where Betty is and ties her up. When she rejects him, he pulls her out of the ropes, drags her off to the bedroom, and says, I will have you. The bed, however, runs away, and Betty calls for help through the window. Bimbo comes to her rescue, and she is saved before anything happens. <laughs> In poop poop a doop Betty is a high-wire performer in a circus. The ringmaster lusts for Betty as he watches her from below singing Do Something, a strong previously performed by Helen Kane. As Betty returns to her tent, the ringmaster follows her inside and sensually massages her legs, surrounds her, and threatens her job if she does not submit. Betty pleads with the ringmaster to cease his advances as she sings Don't Take My Boop Boop a Doop Away. Coco the Clown is practicing his juggling outside the tent and overhears the struggle inside. He leaps in to save Betty, struggling with the ringmaster, who loads him into a cannon and fires it. Coco, who remained hiding inside the cannon, knocks the ringmaster out cold with a mallet while imitating the ringmaster's laugh. Coco then inquires about Betty's welfare, to which she answers in song, quote, No, he couldn't take my boop-boop-a-doop away. According to Jill Harness of mental floss, these portrayals of Boop fighting off sexual harassment on the animated screen made many see her as a feminist icon. Was this cartoon, was this meant for children? Uh, no. Okay. It, it was mostly an adult audience because in 1932, a lot of the cartoons were in theaters, and so they'd play on reels in front of movies. 
So right. some cartoons were meant for children, but they also had an adult audience because there were adult in the, adults in the theaters. There were adults in the theaters, but I guess, so like, would this have been played before a movie for adults or before a movie for children? My guess is both. I mean, I think that primarily because it was a cartoon, they're going to say it was aimed at children, but right. also these guys are obviously like aiming for adults. Man, I mean, people like to complain about today's cartoons, but this was a different level. Yeah, it was a different time. It's 1932. <laughs> I'll have to ask my grandma about it. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you research other feminist icons. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks for listening to that message, everybody. Now it's time to dig into the production code. Oh my gosh, yeah. so much fun. <laughs> Under the production code. Betty Boop's best appearances are considered to be in her first three years due to her jazz baby character and innocent sexuality, which was aimed at adults. But the content of her films was affected by the National Legion of Decency and the Production Code of 1934, which imposed guidelines on the motion picture industry and placed specific restrictions on the content films could reference with sexual innuendos. This greatly affected the Betty Boop cartoons. No longer a carefree flapper from the date the code went into effect on July 1st, 1934, Betty became a spinster housewife or a career girl who wore a fuller dress or skirt. Additionally, as time progressed, the curls in her hair gradually decreased in number. She also eventually stopped wearing her gold bracelets and hoop earrings, and she became more mature and wiser in personality compared to her earlier years. Right from the start, Joseph Breen, the new head film censor, had numerous complaints, Breen ordered the removal of the suggestive introduction that had started the cartoons because Betty Boop's wings and shaking hips were deemed suggestive of immorality. For a few entries, Betty was given a new human boyfriend named Freddy, who was introduced in She Wronged Him Right, 1934. Next, Betty was teamed with a puppy named Pudgy, beginning with Betty Boop's Little Pal, 1934. The following year saw the addition of the eccentric inventor Grampy, who debuted in Betty Boop and Grampy, 1935. Wow, her with a dog is kind of like Goofy and Pluto, where one of them could talk and one of them couldn't, but they were both dogs in the same universe. I don't think she was a dog at this point anymore. She'll always be a dog to me. While these cartoons were tame compared to her earlier appearances, their self-conscious wholesomeness was aimed at a more juvenile audience, which contributed to the decline of the series. 
Much of the decline was due to the lessening of Betty's role in the cartoons in favor of her co-stars, not to mention Fleischer's biggest success, Popeye. This was a similar problem experienced during the same period with Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse, who was becoming eclipsed by the popularity of his co-stars Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. And no, I didn't just mention them because I saw their names. Either way is fine. (laughs) Since she was largely a musical novelty character, the animators attempted to keep Betty's cartoons interesting by pairing her with popular comic strip characters such as Henry the Little King and Little Jimmy, hoping to create an additional spinoff series with her pairing with Popeye in 1933. None of these films, though, generated a new series. When the flapper jazz era that Betty represented had been replaced by the big bands of the swing era, Fleischer Studios made an attempt to develop a replacement character in the style of the 1938 Betty Boop cartoon, Betty Boop and Sally Sling, but it was not a success. The last Betty Boop cartoons were released in 1939, and a few made attempts to bring Betty into the swing era. In her last appearance, Rhythm on the Reservation, 1939, Betty drives an open convertible labeled Betty Boop's Swing Band through a Native American reservation where she introduces the people to swing music and creates a a swinging Sioux band. That's in quotes. The Betty Boop cartoon series officially ended with Yip Yip Yippee 1939, while Yip Yip Yippee appears at the end of the Betty Boop series. It is actually a one-shot about a drugstore mail-order cowboy wannabe without Betty, which was written mainly to fill the release schedule and fulfill the contract. And now we're going to go down to legal issues, Helen Kane lawsuit. Legal issues. Helen Kane Lawsuit In May 1932, Helen Kane filed a $250,000 infringement lawsuit against Fleischer Studios, Max Fleischer, and Paramount Publics Corporation for the, quote, deliberate caricature that produced unfair competition exploiting her personality and image. While Kane had risen to fame in the late 1920s as the Boop Oop A Dupe Girl, a star of stage recording and films for Paramount, her career was nearing its end by 1931, and Paramount promoted the development of Betty Boop following Kane's decline. The case was brought in New York in 1934. On April 19th, Fleischer testified that Betty Boop purely was a product of his imagination and detailed by members of his staff. (laughs) <laughs> it really looks like her, though. I think they it does, it. yeah. It's hard to argue. Theatrical manager Lou Bolton testified that Kane had witnessed an African-American child performer, Baby Esther, Esther Jones, using a similar vocal style in an act at the Everglades Restaurant Club in Midtown Manhattan in April or May 1928. Under cross-examination, Bolton said that he had met with Kane at the club after Esther's performance, but could not say when she had walked in. Bolton also stated that Paramount's lawyers had paid him $200 to come to New York. Esther's name was given in the trial as Esther Jones. During the trial, Lou Bolton, who was Esther Jones's manager, also testified his belief that she was probably in Paris. An early test sound-on-disc film lost after the trial... Is that just a CD? Sound-on-disc? No, that's not a CD. This is the 1930s. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, what is that? Okay, I guess I'll have to Google that later. <laughs> it's definitely not a CD. 
or like an early one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look no, it no, up. It's the 1930s. There's no I CDs. I know. I know. But okay. Lost After the Trial was produced, which featured Esther performing in this style and introduced as evidence. In the film, Esther sings three songs that had earlier been popularized by Helen Kane. Don't be like that. Is there anything wrong with that? And Wah Da Da, which writer Mark Langer says, quote, was hardly proof that Helen Kane derived her singing style from Baby Esther. Jazz studies scholar Robert O'Mealy stated this evidence, though, might very well have been cooked up by the Fleischers to discredit Kane, whom they later admitted to have been their model for Betty Boop. O'Mealy also questioned if some sort of deal existed between Paramount and Bolton and questioned if Esther were ever paid for her presumed loss of revenue. New York Supreme Court Justice Edward J. McGoldrick ruled, quote, The plaintiff has failed to sustain either cause of action by proof of sufficient probative force. In his opinion, based on the totality of the evidence presented in the trial, the baby technique of singing did not originate with Kane. No confirmed recordings of Jones are known to exist. Well, now I want to go down an Esther Jones hole. Yeah. Well, maybe we should read her later. Let's definitely add her to the list. Yeah. Because we want to know everything we can about baby Esther. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a whole story here, like really interesting so that's where we're gonna end this episode i will say there's a lot more in this article it's very long y'all should go check it out i didn't really know what to expect going into this article but i'm very glad we did so indeed this has been the wikipedia page for betty boop part two of two Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at Wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. Except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your merger of Hello Kitty and Betty Boop. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.